0: All right, back on the Young Turks. Uh, we got a great guest for you guys, Andy Z's, in the studio. Good to have you uh, with us again, Andy. Appreciate it. Thanks for it. having me. Andy's uh, a spokesperson for Revolution Books, uh, and he also does RefuseFascism.org. Uh, but he's got a new project out. Uh, it's You Think You're Woke, but You're Sleeping Through a Nightmare. The system cannot be reformed, it must be overthrown. Okay, so first, what does that mean?
1: Okay, well, the. Uh- The actual title is You're Sleepwalking Through a Nightmare, You Think You're Woke. What it means is that people are not actually acting commensurate with the fact that we face on the one hand a fascist regime. They're also not acting commensurate with the fact that we have a system that is literally destroying lives and destroying the planet. There's an existential question posed for the future of humanity with the environment. There's an existential question posed with, uh, in fact, even the last week Trump. Uh, ratcheting up the situation with Iran. And this is a guy who said, if we have nukes, why can't we use it? These questions are posed, and this comes from a system that can't actually be reformed, where you have underlying problems like uh, oppression of women, uh, uh, oppressed nationalities, black people, mass incarceration, the environment, these endless wars, and all of this. And the question of immigration, which is just this last week, he said, "If we, uh, why can't we just shoot? immigrants, or he goaded his audience to say that. So in all of this, people are faced with two choices, and two choices in both regards. One, <coughs> are you gonna go along with this regime, or are we gonna act in, in, to, to drive it out? When will enough be enough with that? And two, in a more fundamental sense, how can you go along with a system that, that does this? There's another choice. It is possible to actually make a revolution, and we're starting to organize for that now, even as that's not immediately on the agenda.
0: So Andy, uh, I, I wanna get to how you're gonna drive them out in a, in a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you, you do talk about, I think, two distinct problems, there, different problems, and, I, and I'm curious how you prioritize fighting them. One is the Trump-Pence regime, which I think Pence is actually more of a traditional Republican. so. I'd say mainly the Trump regime, um, which is not necessarily part of this system. Um, He he, he is in a lot of ways, he does the tax cuts for the rich, etc., exacerbating income inequality just like all Republicans do. Uh, But he's also um, does not believe in our system of government, period. I mean, he would end it in a second if he thought it was to his advantage and he could get away with it. And then you have the system itself, uh, which, you know, having talked with you before and what you've said here, you find to be oppressive. So, which one's the bigger problem?
1: Well, the fundamental problem is the system itself. It's not just here; it's an inter, it's a worldwide system of capitalist imperialism. It's a system that depends on exploiting people here and around the world, and exploiting the planet as well. Uh, And where you have different blocks of of corporations, capital, competing with each other within a country, and countries themselves competing with each other. And this has put put us in tremendous peril, but they're very related. Trump is a product of the system, and so is Mike Pence, a representative of not only the system itself, you say a traditional Republican, but he's actually somebody who's a leading spokesperson for a movement that I would say is a Christian fascist movement. That actually does want to and has been working for decades to transform the actual ruling consensus within this capitalist system in this country to a judicious, a, a, a legally a Christian nation, even though that's been the history of it. But you say, how could, what's, the pro, what's the relationship between these problems? The foundation of this country is on slavery, the genocide of the native people. The theft of land, soon to become manifest destiny and the conquering of this space all the way ocean to ocean. Mm -hmm. The theft of Mexico, and then going into the 20th century, the beginning to colonize countries around the world. So it is a system of which Trump is one peculiar and particular product of that is actually trying to remake the operating norms of this society, he's actually doing that and succeeding this. And this is something that Pence himself is is part of and, and is doing, that's the grand alliance between them. And so we face a fascist regime that's in the process of trying to consolidate fascism. But then there's the system itself that gave rise to this.
0: But Andy, so then wouldn't you wanna depose George W. Bush and Ronald Reagan and arguably Bill Clinton, maybe even Barack Obama? So uh, since they are all advocates of this system. Yeah, fairly enthusiastically, so. Uh, so, is there a distinction there? Well, look, I, 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 Yeah, I would like
1: to see. I would have liked to have seen a revolution years ago. Otherwise, uh, when I started a revolution, I didn't have gray. Uh, I didn't start a revolution. When I start, when I got involved, I didn't have gray hair. Right here, and I had <laughs> hair down to my, my back out of the nineteen sixties, and you know, dis, and you know, met. The, or, or heard a speech by and read the works of Bob Avakin, a revolutionary leader, and said, okay, there's actually, not only do I dislike what the US is doing in relationship to black people, uh, Puerto Rican people, the island of Puerto Rico, what's also doing in Vietnam and the whole culture of the madmen society I grew up in, but there's actually a way out of it. So yeah, I think we need a revolution. We've needed a revolution for a long time. That's a big and a tall order in a country like this. But now we actually do have a strategy to do that. We have a A vision of a new society and a constitution for a new socialist republic. And we're starting on this tour to begin organizing people for the time when you could actually do that. We're trying to, at this point, just get a few thousand people together and organize into this, and to be propagating that there is another way the world could be. But what's most urgent right now, and not unrelated to revolution, is if we drive out this regime. If we don't, whether you believe as you do and have articulated well that through this system, and especially as you've put it, the reforming of this system, you could actually, uh, that, that that this is a way to change things. But for your interests and for what I think is fundamentally underneath this, the nature of this system, which could be and should be replaced with a better system, a radically different system, all of us have to unite to drive out this regime. And that is urgently on the agenda right now, but if the way we're going right now with people. Just accepting accepting what 's been done, accepting listening to a speech where he 's actually winking at and goading people to talk about shooting immigrants then and to sit home people say you know they say this all the time i don 't believe that fascism can happen here, but by what you 're not doing you 're actually showing how it actually could happen here
0: so I'll we'll get to deposing him in a second as well, but If you say fundamentally change the system, I know what it means when I say that. Mm -hmm. I talk about specific amendment to change the campaign financing because I believe that's the most important issue and affects others. But I don't think that you mean the same thing. I think you're talking about a more drastic overhaul. So how would you change it? Would you change it through amendments? Well, how would you change the system? No, I mean, look,
1: we do believe that ultimately it will come down to an actual revolution.
0: But you mean a physical
1: one? A physical revolution, ultimately it will come down to, it's not something you just go off and start, it's something you prepare for. But if you look at the kind, let me pose this to you. If you look at how acute the contradictions are in society now, what do I mean by that? By the fact that the survival of humanity is at stake. You have 65 million refugees two years ago. This is gonna expand dramatically, US military is preparing for such a thing of people fleeing uh, water shortage, food shortages. You have. Tremendous problems that are increasingly being solved through the through the hammer of this system and through millions of people being left aside. Whether mass incarceration, who would have thought 40 years ago you'd have 10 million people under the direct control at any given time of the of the of the justice so-called justice system? These contradictions could create the kind of crisis where people will be in a different situation, where the the, the kinds of beginning sharp contradictions you see in the Senate right now, in the Congress right now, at the top of the ruling class, they'll become so acute that they don't get resolved easily. Where reforms will not have worked, where well, people can't live in the old way, then there will be a possibility of revolution if there's a force that's been organized. We're preparing now for that time, which I don't know when that's gonna come, but we're also okay, working on it. So
0: look, I, of course, we have a different point of view. So yep. I hope my reforms work so we don't have to get to your revolution. Okay. But, uh, but. If you had your physical revolution, which look we've talked about it before, I don't support. okay. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, what do you replace the Constitution? Do you replace the Constitution and what do you replace it? Yeah, we have
1: a far I mean this, we have a far better constitution. It is this constitution for a new socialist republic in North America, which would offer people far more extensive rights than anything you have under this constitution. Here's just one example from that constitution. Under the kind of economy you would have then. An economy not for profit that one of the three principles of the economy would be that every economic initiative taken, every uh, uh, productive capacity developed would have to be sustainable ecologically. You can't put that into under capitalism because under capitalism. Uh, su- such things as the environment and pollution are externalities to the calculations of profit at the corporate level, or even at the at the at the calculations. I actually of the- think
0: I can put it in capitalism. That's the cost of their product, so they should pay the cost of their product. <laughs> and so, but we don't make them because we don't. We have crony capitalism. Uh, but before we run out of time, how are you going to depose Trump? Well, we think
1: that what ne- or we I think for sure what needs to be done is is that we have to get organized in such a way. That thousands of people begin to organize, begin to take to the streets in cities around the country in protests that are not just a one day thing go home make your statement, but are sustained protests that might begin first every week and they would grow ultimately millions of people day after day night after night in nonviolent sustained pro protest with one single demand which is that the trump pence regime must go they both Must go. And this is not some outrageous idea that nobody could ever think of. They did it in South Korea two years ago, Algeria last year, Armenia. This is all over the world people are doing this, but it's only in America where people have been so deluded and misled, and particularly by the Democratic Party. You know who doesn't see and won't recognize what's actually happening. So you have a Nancy Pelosi saying Trump's not worth it. Well, it might not be worth it to her to impeach Trump. Mm-hmm. But to the people who are on the border, it's definitely worth it that people get organized to do this. So this is something that we that we think is both possible, doable, it's absolutely necessary. We should be, Jenk and Andy Z should be standing shoulder to shoulder in that. We can have an argument, which needs to be a big societal argument, between reform and revolution, which is- which would be better future? Which is necessary? Why won't one solve the problem? Or in your case, your argument with me is that what I'm doing might make it worse. Let's have that argument. I'd love to come back and continue that. <laughs> I, mean, wait, wait.
0: I, like you, I like you got your okay. up on that one. Okay. Uh, it's down to knuckle up. Uh, so look, uh, the establishment thinks that I'm radical left, no. Andy's radical left. Okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to reform the system so we can get back to democracy. But I love having the conversations. Thank you for joining us. And, okay, well, thank and, you for and, having me and- uh, Thank you, Andy. And everybody, refusefascism.org is the website. Go check that out.
1: And let me just mention, revcom.us is for it to find out about the revolution.
0: Okay, so okay. apparently that's a foot. So now you can find that out. When we come back, a little bit of a revolution in the state of New York, will explain. Back on the Young Turks, Uh, we've got another great guest for you guys, as usual. Joining me now is Patrick Nelson. Uh, He is uh, on the NYS Democratic Committee for Saratoga County, 113th Assembly District. He also ran for Congress as a Just Democrat in New York uh, and wants to talk about uh, how undemocratic the voting is in the state of New York. Patrick, welcome back to the Young Turks. How are you doing? Shank, it's a great
2: honor to be back. Thanks for having me, and thanks for having me on short notice with this deadline that we're bearing down on right
0: now. Yeah, no problem. So what's the deadline, Patrick? So on May
2: 22nd, the State Democratic Committee is going to convene in Albany, New York, and is going to decide the rules for the 2020 New York State Democratic primary, which is slated for April 28th. Now, Chairman Jay Jacobs is putting together this plan to ensure that New York has the second most delegates of any state in the contest, and we come at the end of April. So if you'll forgive the sports metaphor, uh, Iowa and New Hampshire are the regular season. Uh, After Super Tuesday, we get into the playoffs, and New York might very well be the Super Bowl of this whole thing that decides the final uh, nominee. So that's the stakes that we're looking at right now. Uh, So we're slated to have the second most delegates, second only to California. But New York, um, while we're reforming our election laws, we've got early voting now for the first time this year. uh, We still have the longest by far deadline to um, join a party or change your enrollment, which can be as short as six months in terms of presidential primaries. And as long as 11 months to the day for a state Democratic or Republican primary in, say, September.
0: That seems crazy. Um, They don't block voting uh, like that, even in Alabama or Georgia, uh, the most red states that you could imagine. If you can't s- switch parties until, like, if you have to make up your mind 11 months before an election, well, you're not even going to be thinking about that election. You're not. You're. It's not even going to be on your radar in any way, shape, or form. So you don't know whether you like the candidate that you'd like to switch to, <laughs> to 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 vote in that election. Is this the most restrictive law in the whole country?
2: We are 50 out of 50 in terms of states. And as a friend of mine who's an organizer in Glen's Falls likes to say, you know, we're the weird ones. You, me, the people that do this stuff in the off season, you hear it ahead of time. Most people are working their jobs, they're taking care of their family, and they might start paying attention when Iowa and New Hampshire happens. They find a candidate they like, if it's Beto or Bernie or Biden or anybody else that's running with a B name, <laughs> and they decide they want to join the Democratic Party. Whoops, you had to do it on October 11th of the previous year. So that that opportunity is passed and then we as Democrats miss the opportunity to grow our party through the primary because people might want to join up and go this candidate speaks to me. I want to join the Democratic Party whoops, too late, sorry, can't come in. How are we supposed to grow our party? How are we supposed to, especially in places like mine, I'm in a rural district, a red area. We need more Democrats in so that we can get rid of corporate Wall Street sellouts and have actual representation. So Um, before
0: we get to what you can do about it. why do they do this system? Uh, what's, what's the point of being that restrictive?
2: So I think the argument was that they don't want what's called party raiding to happen, uh, which is basically where somebody like connives to go into a primary and vote for the least electable person as if we can decide who's electable or not, right? If you were gonna raid a primary in 1992, you would have supported Bill Clinton, who wound up being the president. If you were to raid a primary in 2016, you might have supported Donald Trump. And how well did that work out? So this, is a, this doesn't really happen that well. So I think that's the justification for it. But ultimately, um, if you look at the research, this isn't a thing that happens at any level. And it seems to happen regardless of what the regime is, whether you're an open primary, a closed primary, a long deadline or short deadline, the incidence of party rating is pretty uniform across all states. So even if it were a problem, which there's not a lot of evidence to suggest that it was, this doesn't solve it. All it does is disenfranchise genuine voters who might want to join a party. So and it's on the state party to make this decision because the ultimate authority actually on who's allowed to vote in a primary because of Supreme Court precedent rests with the party, not with the legislature. We, the party is empowered to expand the class of people that can vote within its primary. And we're being required to actually under DNC rules. Like we're so bad. That the DNC is basically going, New York, stop screwing around. This is ridiculous, you're suppressing, suppressing voters. And so in their rules, they want it to be same day. On election day, you should be able to change your party or join a party. Uh, we can't do that under the New York constitution, but we're at least trying to get it so that the voter registration deadline and the deadline to join a party are the same day like most people already think they are. And then they only find out after the fact that that registration won't go through for another 12 months.
0: So, so, Patrick, I, I have a hunch that uh, part of the reason why the voting might be so restrictive is not because they're concerned about Republicans coming to vote on the, in the Democratic <laughs> primaries, but because they're concerned about protecting incumbents. And, and if you have less voter participation in, in, uh, in primaries, you'll protect incumbents better. Would
2: politicians craft the rules to better serve their maintaining of power? Is that no. a thing that happens in American
0: politics? No, well, I'm sure so, it would never happen. It's certainly not in the Democratic Party. No. Um, so, so um, well, let's talk about the solution. What can people do about it?
2: So we need folks to go to letalldemsvote.org, L-E-T-A-L-L-D-E-M-S-V-O-T-E.org. And there's a public comment period that's happening right now until May 18th. Where registered Democrats in the state of New York. So those of you out there, please go do this right now. Can submit a public comment, becomes part of the record, becomes persuasive when we get to that Albany meeting. If you want to go a step further, and I encourage you to do this because your state committee reps, of which I am one, don't hear from you enough, right? They're elected to represent you, but when's the last time you talked to them? Do you know who they are? Because they're supposed to represent you. So sign up. Will help you get in touch with your state party rep and let them know your viewpoint on this and get you involved in the party process because we got to shine a light on this. Important decisions happen at the party level and we got to get folks involved in that decision-making process. So you can put a public comment in, sign up to help us whip votes, share this on social media. We've got a very short window, but we think we can get it done. Um, We've got. A coalition of progressives, of moderates, of more conservative Democrats who all believe in democracy. We need to expand that with the votes and get this done. And also, if we don't get it done, we might lose delegates, right? The DNC could take away delegates from New York, or they could force, this is crazy, Jenkins. They have the power to force the state party in New York to run a privately funded primary, not allowing the taxpayers to fund it. We would have to put it on ourselves to make it comport with the DNC rules. And that could cost $10 million or more, which even if we had it in the Democratic Party, we should be spending that money beating Republicans, not on you know suppressing voters because we don't
0: want to change the rules. So if people go to that website, you said you know it's tough to get it done, but we, you think you can. What is it that you- that they do that makes a difference in quote unquote getting it done? What what does getting it done mean? Okay, there's a required
2: public comment period for the delegate selection rules. So anybody in state of New York, any Democrat can put their comment into the record that goes in a list that goes to the DNC. We on the committee can see it. So we can say, hey, listen, there's 2000, 3000, 5000 comments here. Almost all of them are New York Democrats saying they want to get this done. That's an onus on us. And then they can also, this is even better, sign up, We'll put them in touch with their representatives, just like you call a member of the legislature or you call a congressperson. You can email or call your state party rep and say, hello, representative, I'm so and so I'm a Democrat in your district and I'm concerned about the let all Democrats vote amendment. I want you to support it and I'm gonna be watching to make sure you do that because this is what Democrats in the state of New York want. So
0: So this is a lobbying effort. I got you and what happens on May 22nd?
2: We vote. There'll be a debate on the floor. Uh, we'll go back and forth. Um, this is actually the first meeting where there's going to be a formal recorded vote by electronic device. So everybody can be held accountable for how they vote. So if your rep doesn't vote the way you want, you can find out. And then, so we treat it like a legislature. We get this resolution passed. And with the resolution is passed, we guarantees that if you register as a Democrat up to 25 days before the April 28th primary, you can vote in that primary. But ultimately, it's uh, an incentive for the legislature and the governor to change this legislatively, so it applies to all parties and all primaries, but we, as a democratic party, can at least fix it so that the New York State Democratic Party isn 't participating in voter suppression, even if the state law of New York suppresses voters. We can opt out of that voter suppression okay. as a party, and we need to do that
0: so Patrick. Um- we talked about Democrat and Republican parties, but they, New York's a little bit more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. First of all, all states are more complicated because a lot of people register as independents. Yep. Uh, but then in New York, you also have the Working Families Party. So yep. if what happened if you're registered in Working Families Party or as an independent? Does that mean, even though you might be really progressive, maybe even more progressive than the average Democrat, that you're not allowed to vote for uh, Democrats?
2: No, it's it, New York would remain a closed primary. I know a lot of people don't support that. Um, we don't think we have the votes in the state committee. Actually, I know we don't have the votes in the state committee to do something otherwise. But if you declare that you're a Democrat, you'll be eligible to vote. Um, And you'll be eligible to vote in a reasonable window. But if you stay in a Working Families Party, you're gonna vote in Working Families Party primary. If you're an unaffiliated voter, right, you don't have a party, you're not gonna be able to vote in a primary still. Um,
0: I'm not saying that that's
2: a good thing, but-
0: Patrick, so what you're proposing is hey, if people change their mind and they want to be a Democrat, we should give them an opportunity to do that and not foreclose it at six months or 11 months before an right. election.
2: Let's, let's have it at a reasonable period of time because most people vote for the candidate. They don't vote for the party. So if there's a Democratic candidate that inspires you, you're watching the debates and you wanna get involved and it's March, you still have time to join the Democratic Party before April 28th comes along and you can make your voice heard. And we as Democrats can welcome you in with open arms, and you can become part of the progressive party that we're trying to build here in New York, that we are building here in New York.
0: So one last thing, Patrick, I I just because it's so absurd, I just wanna make sure that I've got this right. Uh, And I want the audience to make sure it's got it right. So the Democratic Party in New York says, unless you know 11 months ahead of time, in some circumstances, we're not going to let you into the Democratic Party. We don't want you as a Democrat, we're not gonna let you vote in the Democratic primaries.
2: That's The law is set up that basically your change of party doesn't happen until after the next general election. So if you file it today, it becomes effective on November 5th. If you file it on October 11th, it becomes effective on November 5th. Basically, you have to decide you want to change parties a year ahead of time. Before most candidates have announced, before most campaigns have started, before you have the opportunity to be inspired by some of the great candidates that we think we run here in the New York State Democratic Party, Uh, like, I don't know, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, for instance. Um, If you're inspired by somebody that's doing such great work, you you, you don't have the opportunity to join the party and support that candidate. And we want to use these great candidates. We've got 22 of them running for president. Every one of them is better than Trump. And if you're inspired by any one of them, come join the New York State Democratic Party, and support the candidate that you want, and then we can unite the party and defeat
0: Donald Trump. Okay, Democratic Party, shouldn't be complicated.
2: No, Unless it be, should be Democratic, right?
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's it should in the be day. Democratic, and you should want people in your party. Uh, LetAllDemsVote.org. Patrick Nelson, thank you for joining us.
2: Thanks for having me, Jack.